This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional arboriculture advice and should never be relied upon to perform or direct arboricultural work. The Tree Thinking Podcast makes no representations as to the accuracy, completeness, or suitability of any information on this podcast will not be liable for any damages arising from the use of any information in the practice of arboriculture or tree work. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guests and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The podcast and its hosts are not to be held responsible for misuse, cited, and or unsighted copies of the content within this podcast by others. The Tree Thinking Podcast may not be reproduced or distributed without the express written consent of the Tree Thinking Podcast. Everyone loves sending a big top, monkeying around a large canopy, or playing with a new piece of climbing gear. But when you hit the ground, can you get down? Raking, stacking brush, running the lower down lines. These are just a few of the skills that keep the brush moving. The best climbers I know take just as much pride in their ground game as they do their climbing. After all, to get into the tree, you gotta learn the ground. On this episode of the Tree Thinking Podcast, we stack up what it means to work the ground, lower out what doesn't work, and leave it cleaned up so nice you can't even tell we've been there on getting down and working the ground. All right, we're back again, and uh, this will be a fun episode. We've been talking about doing this one for a while. We're going to be looking at uh, groundwork, and in my opinion, you could, you could say groundwork might be as, if not more important than the climbing. At least there's an argument for it. So uh, I think we're going to go in a lot of uh, fun places on this episode. But uh, before we get started, I'm Andrew. I'm Rob. I'm Dakota. Jamie. I'm Corey. Sweet. You know, one of the things you hear a lot is the best uh, climbers are also the best ground guys. So uh, let's start this out by calling maybe the best climber that I know personally. Uh, let's give Dan Crafts a call. Hello. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Great. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, just uh, kind of getting used to the hot, hot summers here this year. Um. Well, uh, <clears throat> how have you been? Good. Excellent. Good. Good. Excellent. You. Uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Pr- doing pretty good. Getting started off, and uh, this week we're going to be talking about kind of groundwork and uh that whole side of the thing you know so often we're talking about climbing trees and kind of working right. up in the canopy but really you know i think there's an argument to the groundwork is just as if not more important than the work in the tree and Heck uh yeah you know i figured uh we'd we'd get your get your opinion on that what 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 are some of your thoughts about uh groundwork yeah i mean you know, first you're a ground person, right? You get to be a, before you're a good climber, you're a good ground person. You know, I, I, it's always a joke about these prima donnas that want to just be climbers and they're not good on the ground and they think they're above groundwork. And, you know, it's groundwork's the bread and butter, you know, 
I like you. You said tree yeah. Madonna. <laughs> tree Madonna. Yeah. I, I would say Treva, like a diva. <laughs> Just dancing on that pole. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it it's one of those things where it seems like the new guys, you know, re- really when you're first hired on, they're willing to do anything, and about two months in, two three months in a lot of new guys want to start climbing and you can't blame them. And really it's good to teach them to climb because, you know, aerial rescue trainings, these type of things, but there's so much value in just learning the, the job from the ground first. How, how long were you on the ground before you, uh, before you started climbing? Two years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was, I Two was years. one year. So I, I had half of that and people can't believe that I was on the ground for one year these days. when I tell people, yeah, so, you know, yeah, I practically begged to get me on the climb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think the first time, I think the reason they let me climb when they did is because it was the middle of the summer and it was a big old sycamore tree. And so I, I think it was like, all right, you want to climb? Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You f- think it's all fun and games up there? <laughs> Have fun, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy your my, my first climbs were always like a stuck friction saver. You're like, oh, Jamie wants to climb. He'll go get it. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 So what, uh, with, with groundwork, what do you think the first thing that, that you should teach somebody on the ground, you know, a brand new employee, new to the industry. What's, what's the first thing you teach them? Oh, geez. Yeah. Situational awareness. Yeah. It's the main yeah. thing. You need someone to add some sort of, you know, it's a dangerous thing. Everything, everything's dangerous all around you. And you gotta, you gotta kind of be able to, you know, assess that and keep your head on the swivel type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Look up. I mean, yeah. and don't don't rush things. Yeah, I, I'm happy someone just keeps moving as long as they're as long as they're busy. You know, they don't have to grab the biggest load and just break their back. I just want someone who's you know, there's always something to do. So I hate guys standing around with their hands in the pockets. You know, you watch them down there or whatnot, and it's like guys, there's something to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's always plenty to do. Grab a rake, you know. <laughs> well, and that that's one of the good tests for a, a brand new person is I'll, you know, say, hey, just follow me. Just, you know, do what I do. You'll learn where to be on the ground. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. to see how long it takes before they're trying to grab the brush also. Or are they just kind of sitting back watching? You know, that's one of those tests where right. you, you can get a good feeling for is this person, you know, here to get down? Or are yeah. they are they going to kind of right. milk the whole like just follow you around as long as they can? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Do they have hustle? Yep. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. They can. Uh, yeah. Kind of like sports. You know. You know. You know. You know. Coaches always yelling at you. Come on! I want to see some hustle out there. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bounce around. Bounce around. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, that's, that's a thing, man. That's a thing. And then, uh, after situational awareness, a lot of times it's all right, just get into moving the brush. You know, once you understand where it's okay to be, then keep the brush moving. You know, a lot of, oftentimes you get them trying to grab that lower down line, 
you know, and it's like, no, 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 you don't understand the rigging quite, <laughs> you know, it, it's always, and that's, that's one of the interesting things I've found. It, there's a dichotomy there. The people that are, have that hustle and have that get after it are going to want to get into everything and do it. But, and you got, but you kind of have to slow them down. You know, you're like, no, 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 you'll, don't worry. You got plenty of rigging ahead of you. Just watch for a little bit, you know? And it's the person that doesn't have that hustle where you're like, come on, keep it moving, bounce around. You know, that's when that coach speak comes out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have it. You know, a good ground guy is a good teacher too. I love it when I got an experienced ground guy who, who's willing to like, you know, say something and, and tell the person this, this, we do this and this is how we do that. And no, we don't stand here and, you know, feed the chipper this way. And this is what can happen and all that stuff, you know, it's, um, it's good to have someone who's a good teacher on the ground or even in the tree, you know, but sometimes it's hard in the tree, you know, it's nice to have someone on the ground that's showing the ground people what to do yeah, it's it's, yeah. Hard, it's hard even with senas. Like it used in the old days when you didn't have the senas, it would be, you know, near impossible to have the climber sitting there yelling and you know telling a ground guy what to do. But even with senas, it's it's hard to like you know here's how you tie this knot or here's why you do this or here's how you know how you do that. But the senna, yeah, the senna. We were just talking about this today. How uh, my company we need to use the senas more. We're we're mostly busting out the senas when we have the crane job, but you know, a big job where we need the senas. And we really should be using them more because I could do more teaching that way and more communication, at least having a couple people connected. Oh, even, even just backing yeah. up the truck and hooking up the chipper, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, having yeah. been able to talk to the person makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, it makes a huge difference. I totally got to use my tennis more. It's yeah. good for, like, yeah. morale of the job, too. You guys oh, yeah. just hanging out and talking, you know, in your normal shit. talking voice. Yeah, shooting yeah. the shit. The Unless you're not the one on the set, and if you're not hooked up. Yeah, yeah, there's like, no one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's laughing. What's everybody laughing <laughs> at? <laughs> but that's, that's a really good point, the uh, the kind of angle of talking in a normal voice. And when you're thinking about teaching – from the tree, you know, when you're in the tree and you don't have the senna, you're yelling just so that they can hear you. But that psychologically, right. that changes the feel of the conversation when, when your boss, and especially if they're new, is yelling at you all day. You're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. Keep it up. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, but. but no, be- I've had people get mad at me. Quit yelling at me. I'm like, I'm just, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just. <laughs> So you can hear me. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm seventy feet up a tree, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. You you talk about um, like training people and the the communication between the ground guy or grounds person and the climber, and and one aspect that I remember pretty pretty distinctly when I was learning is. Um, well, I'm always learning, but in the beginning of my learning sure. process. <laughs> um, when I was up in the tree, then I, I remember a lot of time it was dug on the ground, and he was he was always always watching me. If I looked down, like, unless he had something else to do that he had to be focused on, his eyes were on me. And that was that was really nice because um you know, it, it gives the, it gives the climber just, especially if you're not, if you're doing new things or don't have a lot of experience in doing what you're doing, knowing that somebody that does is watching every move that you're doing whenever they can. 
is just reassuring. And that felt so good to me knowing that, that, you know, the, the person on the ground that was teaching me was always watching me and not just like talking to someone else or doing, you know, getting distracted. Right. Yeah. And, yep. and, yeah. And as a more experienced climber, it's nice to have that because then you don't like, as you're making a cut, you don't have to sit there second guessing. Like the guy, my guy on the ground is not like looking at me right now. Or if I yep. go to toss this piece, I don't have to second guess. Okay. I'm yelling clear, but I don't really know if it's clear, even though he said it's clear. Like, yep. I know that he's watching me. It's exactly. A, it, or he or yeah. she's watching me. Yeah. It, that, that's something to work toward. But as a trainer, that that's something that I try and do now, is I try and make sure that I'm focused on him, watching him throughout the whole process as, as much as possible, you know, and, and trying to stay one step ahead of getting them the line if they need it or getting, you know, getting them tools if they need it. And just, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, it makes a huge difference in, in the confidence of the climber if the person on the ground already knows what you need. You know, right. they're, yeah, they're, they're you one step ahead. All running out of gas, you yeah. know. Before you can say I gas, you see him walking over with a gas can. You're like, oh, man, that guy's fine. They're <laughs> dialed. That's who you want. That, yeah. That's the person yeah. you want on the ground. <laughs> well, yeah. and I think there's something to be said when you're when you're the guy on the crew that has a ton of experience. Uh, not to go up into the tree, but yeah. you know, maybe maybe send someone up to get some practice climbing, and you hanging out yeah. with a new guy, right? You know, and uh, right. I I remember uh, training guys that were were kind of surprised when I would you know be like, no, no, I'm going to stay with you all day because they thought that I wanted to get out there and show them how it's done, and it's like, no, 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 I I will show you how it's done. Trust me, you're going to be trying to keep up with me all day. That's my goal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because when you're in the tree, it's hard to teach those lessons. And it can be frustrating when you see someone down there not doing what you want. And you're not in a, not because, you know, they know and they're not doing it, but they don't know. And you're not in a position to help them. Right. You know, that, that's yeah. a, that's a tough spot to be. I always, I always tell, yeah. tell grounds people that, uh, their goal, like to have something to work toward every single job that you go to every single job, it doesn't matter. The goal that you have is to have everything cleaned up by the time my gear is put away. <laughs> you know, if you can work toward that, try and do it. That's your goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's your goal. You're not yeah, going to succeed all the time. Over your head. Yeah. You know, you're not going to make it, but when you do make it and it's close, it, it's such, such yeah. a good feeling. You're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I had it all done. That was a massive tree and it was all cleaned up yeah. everything because sometimes it takes climbers a little while to put their gear away. Yeah. 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 I don't come right. out of the tree till I hear the blower. Always one more cut. Always one more cut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I remember days going down to the ground. I seen them. You know, just seeing them, watching them. Oh, okay, they got their hands in their pockets. They're saying, "Okay, things are piled. They could be doing this." You know, after a while, you know, you just yell, "Hey, if I gotta go down there and help you guys, I'm gonna be pissed off." <laughs> yeah, and if you're that if you're that kid that's trying to learn how to climb and wants that time in the tree, the best way to get it is be done with the cleanup every time the climber comes down. Right. And that, that climber is oh, going to be yeah. so stoked on you that they're going to be like, all right, this guy yeah. deserves. They're ready. You know? uh, <laughs> it, it's not yeah. a like, oh, I should make some time. Or no, this kid deserves know, it. They know that that's what they're trying to do. They know yeah. that that's their goal. They're putting forth the effort to uh, achieve that every yeah. single job. Oh, my gosh. It, it's 
That's it. Especially yep. if, if you can do it safely. Just have them from <laughs> hustle. Just seeing someone that's just like working. You know, you see that person working and, you know, you just like, <laughs> you want that person to be, you know, succeed and stuff. Yeah. And then you see someone who's not doing it, you're like, well, why should I spend the extra effort to, you know, to, you know, take you under my wing to teach you stuff if you're not even, you know, doing your stuff? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's uh, it it's one of those then, things that attitude and mentality is everything, you know. Oh, attitude! I was totally attitude. I mean, someone. I mean, we have such conditions, right? Rain, stairs, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, all kinds of things. So, so the person who can somehow make a joke and somehow you know not be all grumpy and all mad that just makes the job worse when you got one person who's just steaming you got to like not talk to them you know you know it just makes the worst situation so someone with a good attitude is in my book yeah and and a lot of the time in my experience that happens when like multiple people have different ways or different ideas about how to do something and then, uh, uh-huh. and then the the people that their idea didn't get chosen, that can right. get them bent out of shape. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, man, we're all just relax yeah, a little bit, bit, you know. It, there's there's yeah. many ways to skin a cat, man. It's like, right. you know, six right. one way, half a dozen another. Don't don't sweat <laughs> it. It doesn't have to be your right. idea. You know, I, everybody right. wants everything to be their idea. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things. It, it's it's such a team effort like everybody's contributing something to it like it doesn't always have to be your your idea you don't always have to yeah. be the one like leading the crew or whatever it, it felt really good right. to move past that phase yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. get the macho get them out of there you know sometimes yeah. there's a lot of macho and just, yeah yeah and there there's kind of uh there's an art to that when you're when you're a crew leader to to knowing when it sometimes I've had, I've been in situations where somebody had a bad idea, not in a situation where someone's <laughs> going to get hurt, but you just know they're making right. life harder on themselves. You can't turn the truck around there. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, not going to work. Well, and, yeah. and what you do is you just say, okay, go for it. You know what I mean? Because you know, I could argue with this yeah. guy for the next 15 minutes and it's going to, it's going to put a freaking damper on the mood for the day. Next thing you know, it's Austin Powers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or I can watch that guy struggle trying to maneuver the truck, you know, yeah. and then, and be right. like, yeah. Okay. All right. Now let, now let's do it this other way. So you know? been a lesson learned. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's a little, yeah. you know, uh, a little give and a take. Yeah. There. Some people have, yeah. Some people have to learn on their own. There are, there's certain people that they, they're not going to take your word for it. You know, they're just not going to take your word for it. They have to do it and fail and be like, okay, yeah, you're learning from experience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's uh, another interesting aspect of being on the ground is the conversation. Because kind of where you were going earlier, Rob, talking about, you know, the guy on the ground watching the climber all the time. And that is so important. I mean, it goes back to that day one lesson of situational awareness, you know, of always being aware of what's going on around you. But. Everybody knows the day goes by faster if you guys are having a good, you know, good conversation. And so understanding how to manage that uh, balance, Mm -hmm. you know, of like having a good conversation, but being dialed into what's going on. But still getting work done. Yeah. Yeah. And not and like steering the conversation in a direction of 
and I've, I've found this, this can be one of the most productive things you can do on, on depending on the crew and depending on the situation, but is keep the conversation flowing in the right way. Cause like you say, it can get negative if, and if you let it go negative, you know, that can spiral a day right there and yeah. it can, it can get out of control where you're having too much fun and you're not paying attention to the task at hand, which is getting the job done. So understanding how to direct a conversation and how to keep everybody on the same page and having a good time and getting the work done. There's an, there's a real art to that, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter go. how good the bit is or bad the bit is it, the, how beautiful the day is, is the same either way. Yep. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with the right yeah, perspective. It's, that. it's almost like a personality. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's true. You don't that, that's a that's a good point, you know, with personalities. Some people are are just fine with having that personality and you want them to be different. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and that might be something with your personality. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. But uh I don't know. What what kind of other advice would you have someone that's uh maybe let's take it past that first, you know, couple days, that first week to you know, you've you've kind of learned some how to start working in that flow. You're not to the point where you're learning to climb yet, but what's the one thing that you can focus on that will get you to that next level? Mm, the learning fast, you know, you will we come to work ready to work. Right. Okay. So that's, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, so you're ready to work and then just kind of learning fast. It's, it's just an ideal ground person who just catches on to things too. You know, it's like, you teach them one thing and they kind of learn it, you know, maybe once or twice, but you know, they get down to the rigging and they, I don't know, some people just have a knack for it, I guess. And, I and then, and then if you don't have that knack for it, you know, like say knots, for example, like if you just don't have a knack for it after you've been shown it the first time, maybe going home and practicing that knot, you know, on your off time so that the next day when you, you show up and you're asked to tie that knot, you have it down. Yeah. I think that's right. huge. That's like, huge. Yeah. 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 Knots are huge. Yeah. And take, yeah. taking your own yeah. time after work to figure out, you know, yeah. those knots and look yeah. at how yeah. ropes are running. That just goes such a long way. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got a guy that's been working for you for three years and, you still tie something funky when you tie it <laughs> on. You, know, you know, figure it out every time. That's the guy that says, if you don't know knots, then tie lots. Right. <laughs> the, I, you know, we, we've, we've actually put, um, we've invested into developing some training programs for our new employees. And um, the first 30 days, I think, there's a certain amount of like, there's a handful of things that every single person that's going to work in the field should know, you know, how to set up a secure work zone, how to operate the chipper, yeah. how to be able to turn a chainsaw on and do basic chainsaw cuts, you know, within 30 days of working full time, anybody should be able to do all of those things. And, um, and so we, we set up a list of, of skills that are like mandatory for people to learn within the first 30 days. Nice. And then after oh, their 30 day check-in, you check in and you're like, how you doing on your, on your bowling, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh -huh. and you set that expectation up when they're hired that they're going to know that in 30 days. 
And then yeah, uh, you're going to be tested on this in 30 days. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, and then yeah. you can even add uh, pay incentive to it. Oh yeah. So yeah. like you you get all this stuff right. That's when you get that next level, and that that way yeah. you know people are motivated to learn rather than like feeling like it's something that, oh they're asking me to do this the practice knots when i get home dude i've already signed off what you're not paying you know but instead they're feeling like yeah. hey if i learn these knots i'm gonna get that pay raise that i'm looking you're for setting them up for success right yeah you know yep. giving them yeah. a roadmap and then you're yeah, also you're building in you know because that's another classic thing you know for any job there gets a point for uh employ uh some employees where they all of a sudden want to raise. I feel like I'm uh, working hard. I should get more money. And if you have that uh-huh. right from the beginning, you fill out this checklist, you're getting the raise, then you have a answer already to go. You don't have to mm-hmm. come up with a reason of like, well, I'm sorry, we give you that money, but I just, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. Where, you know, it's be like, yeah, all right, how's your checklist doing? Then you finally bring it up that they can't tie a bowler after so long. Yeah. You know, you're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, and and their compensation is based on their skills to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. you know. So, yeah. so if there's somebody yeah. just getting into the game and you want to do everything you can to be a good grounds person, then I recommend that you write a list of the most important skills that you know. Talk to your your supervisors, your crew leaders, the people, your mentors. Say, I I need five five of the most important things that I need to learn how to do. And I'm going to do that this month. I'm going to learn all those. You tell them that you're going to do it instead of them telling you and see how that works for you. man. How fired up are you (laughs) if you're an employer and you hire someone and they're like, give me, uh, give me 10 things I need to learn this month. And And I'm having them down. And and then they come back in a month and show you all those things that they've done. Yeah. You know, you want to get off the ground, you do that and you're going to be blowing someone's mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You won't oh. even have to ask for a raise. They'll just give it to you, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Don't want to lose you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, mm-hmm. so we're getting to the level where you're you're working the ground and you're, you know, you're climbing a little bit. What do you think the key things for working the ground there are? Ah. Uh. Just knowing, I mean, having that awareness of what the climber wants. Yeah. You know, they say the, the climbers make the best ground guys, right? So once you start climbing, you get a more of a feel for what the climber is going to want. Well, you know, he's getting up to where he's going to need his rigging. Make sure I better have my rigging line and my pulley here. So when he asks for it, I got it. Yeah. Or he's going to need a bigger saw. He's, he's using his. Is climbing saw and he's getting the bigger wood. I, I should have that bigger saw out there all gassed up and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that answer. I love the, you're taking the knowledge that, you know, they've given you an opportunity to start climbing and instead of just using uh-huh. it to have fun in the trees, you're using it to up your ground game. You're, you're taking that perspective shift and you're feeding yeah. it into how you're improving on the ground. That's that that is key. You know, I think, like you say, understanding the ground from that climber's perspective, you know, because it's like when you're a climber. You like the whole job looks different when you're in the tree. You know, I I think a lot of 
just about everybody's had that experience where they get on the ground and they're like, all right, I'm going to make this cut, this cut, this cut. And then they get up there and it's like, yeah, no, I'm actually going to do the cut there and I'm going to do this cut here, <laughs> you know? like, right. yeah. And so <laughs> it's about taking that perspective and understanding how it's changed and then learning from it. And then you're just transferring that into groundwork. Well, once the grounds person can start understanding where the the balance tree should be pruned or, you know, how to make a balanced tree or, or um, the different terminology and, and how to approach the pruning, then you can be given the climber advice. Oh, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. really, really valuable. If, if the climber feels confident that the grounds person is going to give them good advice about where to make their cuts yeah. or how it looks, that's, that's a, a big step up. Yeah, that's that huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. If the climb, if the climber, if the ground guy can tell the climber something that um, saves the climber from going back up again, you know that is so huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you missed something. There's something sticking out like a wild hair. You better get that, or, or you know, don't forget this. You put a swing up there, or whatever it is. You know, something that they're they're tuned in. Yeah, and and that goes all the way back to the day one li- lesson situational awareness mm-hmm. you yeah. know i mean that just shows you why it's the day one lesson because it that's the reoccurring theme that i'm picking up on so far yeah, it's, it's the bedrock for everything else and you just kind of build off of that another thing that that uh newer employees can do that's going to be something that employers or people that have worked been working there and are, are going to appreciate is on the way home if you're driving the truck alone or if you're with drive maybe you're sh- running shotgun with your crew leader or something uh, dump the truck and gas it up. You know, nobody wants to go to the dump and dump the trucks. Nobody wants to go to the gas station at the end of the day. But the the people that are running the show, they're gonna they're gonna know if people are putting in that extra effort. You know, and if you're reminding them, if you're telling the crew leader, your your boss or whatnot, hey, should we go dump the truck and gas it up? You know, if they're wondering, if they're like, oh, I don't really want it, then they'll be like, oh, this guy, he's he's got it. <laughs> you know, he's yeah, yeah. he knows so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That that is a good one. Yeah, that's a leader. That's a yeah, good leader there, you know, is thinking about those types of things there. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a company policy too, you know. If if the boss is like, you know, if it's half full, you need to dump it. You can't be coming back with trucks more than half full. You know, it's just then you gotta it. be kinda on it with your employees, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I think I think uh that's also an interesting point for people's careers because you see people go in two different directions. Once they've, you know, worked the ground long enough to the point where they're getting a little bit of climbing here and there, there's, you know, people either kind of shift into I'm a climber or I'm a ground guy. Because, you know, I mean, I know I've worked with some guys that were career ground guys and were damn good at it. You know, and a lot of them still yeah. climbed every now and then, but they, they kind of sh- was like, nah, that's not really my thing up there. I can do it. I can do an aerial rescue. If you need me, if, you know, another climber doesn't show up, I'll go get that deadwood. But just weren't as comfortable as they, maybe they thought they were going to be once they got in the tree. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh-huh. At that point, though, it's time, you know, they'll shift and they'll get into ornamental pruning. They'll get into really getting good at running the ropes, you know. So I, I kind of see that's an interesting point because that's where it kind of, you know, people can take their career in a couple different directions. Uh-huh. Yeah, be the truck driver. You know, the guy who's always got the equipment, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a bigger thing these days. Now that there's, you know, skid steers and log loaders and all this equipment, you know, you can kind of specialize in being the person that understands equipment, maybe focuses on knowing how to repair everything and work on everything. You know, Yeah, and greases everything up, yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that much more, but that's almost a third direction you can take it. Another thing that people can do, speaking of equipment – and even with the chainsaws and all that stuff, if you're if you're new to the industry and new to the equipment, or even if you're not, read the manual. You know, you're gonna learn how to use it, mm-hmm. how to how to maintain it. All the you're gonna learn a lot of stuff by reading that manual. And it chances are, if you read the manual, ninety nine percent of people don't. No. So chances right. are, if you do, that you're gonna be teaching the people that have been there for ten years. You know, and, exactly. and haven't read yeah. the manual. Yeah, you learn so you know? much, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's totally. I, I just read that manual, and you're like, oh, that's what this button's for. Yeah. I, I was reading yeah. the, I was reading the on on a, a chain. You know, there was a chain, and I was just reading about the chain, and and then apparently with the uh, what is that? Uh, our big saw chain, we you angle it up at like ten degrees when yep. you sharpen it. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that for the longest time. You know, little tricks like that. You ah. you learn from reading stuff yeah. about the stuff you're using. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I love it too. When I buy I usually buy all my trucks and equipment and stuff used, so I usually or get the manuals online. I order mm-hmm. them online and just sit and read them in my living room, you know, because little things like that. Little yeah. things, you know, about yeah. the equipment. That that's a good little pro tip also because you know if if you're new to a job and you want to find a niche you know because that's something I've told a lot of people when they kind of hit a point where they've been around for a while and they're starting to figure things out and they're getting a little aimless with their career I'll tell them find a niche you know find something that you're really good at and and be like don't forget the other stuff learn everything but you know if if you don't want to be the guy that's climbing learn how to do fruit trees, learn how to, you know, learn how to just do kick-ass hedge work. It might not be the funnest, but if you can kick ass Uh at hedges, you got a job, (laughs) you know, you're Uh like someone else isn't going to want to do it. And so it's something you can do. And that's something you could do, Uh you you know, getting online, you can take all the equipment parts home, you know, all the equipment numbers home and you could look up your chippers. You could look up your skid steer. You could look up all your equipment and you could have all that manual. So they're, they don't even know you have all that knowledge until something goes wrong and all of a sudden yeah. you're just, you know, going oh, through the yeah. machine like, like nobody's well, I, business. I can replace a track, yeah. no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, all of a sudden. Oh, man. You're not shutting down for the day. Yeah, you're that's ready to brilliant. All of a sudden you are the man. And, you know, you know someone, yeah, someone could rise up in the ranks just by doing <laughs> that. Just and just being like, oh, man, he is on it. Within yeah. one month's time. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Yeah. College kid, darn college kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and then kind of taking it to that next level, I've been trying to go through chronologically the path of on the ground. And I think we already answered it. But when you're a badass climber, the best climbers are badass groundies also. Because uh-huh. if you if you can come down after putting all that work in the tree and just start outworking everybody on that final cleanup, that's leadership right there. Oh man. Oh yeah. Totally. I totally try to do that. I mean, as soon as I get my gear up, I grab a branch 
and we have a rule at our place. You know, you don't walk from the backyard to the front without something in your hand. There's always something. <laughs> yeah, never a wasted trip. If you're going trip. to get something in that trunk, you never, you know, you can always grab some branch. So I've had guys, you know, even my ground guys, you know, be like, hey, 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 you know, I got to walk through the back. You haven't got anything in your hand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, so wait a minute. Definitely ground guy. When, when you come out of the tree, you don't just go sit in the truck on your phone? I mean, I've, I've been telling you that for a while now, Corey. Huh. <laughs> I'm not going to change that. So. <laughs> yeah. So that, that brings up something uh, that I was thinking about when preparing for this episode is there's, there's a few rules for working the ground. And one of them is never a wasted trip. You know, if you're going from the back to the front, even if it's a small branch, you got to have something in your hand. Sure. You know, something in your hand. Just have that, yeah. Yeah, and another one that uh, kind of came to mind is always rake towards the chipper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds intuitive. <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Now, now there's exceptions to every rule. You know, if there's like an extreme hill, you don't want to be raking up this crazy hill just because it's in the direction right. of the chipper. Exactly. Or if you're going from concrete to grass, you know, consolidate it on the the what's going to be easiest to pick it up. That kind right. of stuff. But, you know, uh, use your well, common sense right. there, you know? <laughs> yeah, use common sense there. That's the ticket. Use common I mean, <laughs> that's the general the rule. I, I know I have a foreman, a former foreman, who that was the only rule. It didn't matter what the situation was. So it got into, <laughs> it's like, you want me to rake this whole pile closer to the chipper instead of raking this little stuff to the pile you know it just <laughs> make sense. yeah no, i've definitely got into that because there are situations it, you know it depends on the brush you're raking you know and how much That's there is awesome. if you're going to be yeah when you're raking away from the chipper yeah it can be frustrating yeah. yeah and so that like if you're moving a pile you move it towards the chipper but there are times where you do create little piles and then you go bounce, boom, boom, uh -huh. boom, 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 with a bucket real quick. Yeah, that's rare. Right, right. That's rare for me. I do one big swath. Yeah. Well, it depends yeah. on the situation. Damn, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, you don't want to get caught up in old ideology. <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to try new things. You know? and, and I also, I also don't, I don't tell people they're not allowed to do piles. I let yeah. them do piles. That's fine with me, but. I personally do one big swath toward the chipper. Dang. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. that works great. For for me, uh, uh, one, one of the big decisions is how far are you moving it? And what kind of equipment do you have? You know, if it's a big spot and you can yeah. just real quick and easy, you know, because if you got a big pile of, you know, bigger sticks, you're trying to move them. They get caught together. It's harder to start moving them. You got to start doing these crazy angles with the rake to try to flick them. But if you can just boom, 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 make, you know, five little piles and then come through with a bucket and just doom, 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 and you're, and you're off and moving. Yeah. Or if you're, you're in a backyard, you have to go through a gate and you have to funnel all of that stuff in through <laughs> yeah. the gate and then into the front yard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something used to yeah. use all the time with the company I used to work for. And I just don't see it as common anymore. Uh, like here, I guess, is tarps yeah. instead yeah. of buckets. I mean, we had buckets, but I... The way I rake, let's let's get some rake talk going. Oh, I, here we yeah. go. I rake like circles as far as I could reach. You know, that's a pile. Okay, next one. Yeah. I go in circles. That's a pile. So I'm not 
you know, I'm raking away from the chipper sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. But then if you oh, get a tarp <laughs> and you take it to the backyard, you can get every single one of those piles. And yeah. It out front. See, yeah. it's situational. There, there are times where if you, if you do that now, uh, what I do when I'm kind of using that technique is I'll kind of move, like take more amounts towards the chipper. And it's because that's like ingrained yeah, yeah. in my mind, Yeah, you know, and I'll kind of go towards the chipper and consolidate these piles and then I'll start kind of at the edge of that pile and I'll make another pile. So I'm moving the piles kind of towards the chipper as I'm creating them. But it, it it's funny uh-huh. because people get heated over, <laughs> how, over, raking. over yeah, your raking, raking technique. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those, one of those corners. I've come up to people. Yeah, you just grab the weight from them. You ever have a big foreman? Yeah, you're not doing it right. You take your weight away from you. And <laughs> no, start no. Doing it. It's like, oh, dude, are you kidding me? And it... <laughs> It seems uh, pretty like measly, but it's not. It, there's a reason why uh-huh. people get passionate about it is because if you can save five minutes of every single job that you do, uh-huh. that adds up. Well, you know? yeah, and, and more than five minutes. Yeah, sometimes, really sometimes you're looking at twenty minutes, half yeah. an hour on a job. Yeah. yeah. So there's another yeah. reason though that it <laughs> that people get so worked up of it. When are you raking? At the end of a day, <laughs> when you're, you're hot and you're tired. You're low on blood <laughs> blood sugar, <laughs> and you want to be right. It's kind of what you were talking about before, Rob. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's many ways to skin a cat. And you can get yourself in trouble if you start arguing over how having to rate because there goes your five minutes, you know, (laughs) where if everybody just did their own thing and they kept that pile moving. I just just thought of one of my pet peeves and tell me if you guys feel the same way. Um, So it's the end of the job. Everything's pretty well cleaned up. Now you're, you're someone's using the blower, getting all the debris away and say it's me. I'm on the blower and then I get done. Well, there's still debris there, right? but the rake, shovel, and bucket are already put away in the truck, and it happens all the time. And I think that's the absolute last pieces of equipment to go on the truck. Yeah. It bugs me because oh, yeah. every yeah. job I have to go in the back of the truck and get this stuff. The majority of the time, the way. tools yeah. go in the truck after the truck's already moved. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like you know the blower yeah. is the last thing, but there's a step, another the scoop step shovel first, the scoop gets shovel. that last <laughs> bit out of the curb <laughs> and, and into yeah. the... You know, but it which is a fine line. They, they really, the blower and the scoop shovel should probably go around the same time because yep. you blow it all into the curb, you scoop it up, you throw it yep. in. And if you're trying to take that cleanup to the next level, you blow that last little so- sawdust yeah. that's in the curb, you know, and you kind of uh-huh. disperse that so that there's not like just a f- perfectly clean job and then one little pile of random sawdust. Yeah, right. <laughs> clean up tools don't go away until we're driving off. Like, yeah. Unless yep. there's some nice big bushes around everywhere. To blow it. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Okay, so that are, are we going blowers now? Are we going blowing? Because <laughs> yeah, that's a whole oh, other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, man. Blowers. I wanted to say something about blowers. <laughs> all right, all right, Dan, let us have it. Wrong something to mind, and you want to be a good ground guy, don't be the one who's super eager to grab the blower. You yeah. know? Don't yeah. grab yeah. the blower. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. You know, John, we haven't even finished dragging this brush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if there is still brush on the ground, nobody should be running the blower. <laughs> okay, I disagree. Right. Okay. There, there are situations with blowers as powerful as they are now. You can move some uh-huh. substantial brush with a blower, okay. but you should not be the new guy 
grabbing the blower while right, there's no. still a rake to be grabbed. <laughs> I, I, sh- I should quantify that. Large brush. Brush that you have to carry back to the chipper. If there's any any of that. There's non, yep. non-blowable brush. Non-blowable brush. And so <laughs> there is so Every much. Every blower is different. You got weak blowers, strong blowers. Yeah. So that brush can vary. Yeah, it can. Right. It can. Yep. <laughs> but if it's like six inch in diameter, you're probably not going to be blowing that. Well, and there is so much technique to the blower. Like people, like new guys oh, just man. see it and they think it's you're just blowing, but no, they're like, <laughs> just blowing. yeah, that <laughs> the <laughs> the the like understanding the landscape, understanding you know, yeah. one of my yeah. pet peeves with the blower is when you're like you know you just chipped, you're blowing off to the curb there. People that blow up to the curb and then start at the back and no, you move it all, you go back and forth and you move it all to the curb as one. Because people will blow in, and then they'll go back, and they'll blow, and it'll shoot the sawdust right to where they just blew. And it, the level of inefficiency, and it's probably because it's the end yeah. of the job, and I'm low blood sugar, and I just don't have what it takes to deal with it at that moment. Oh, but I got to I gotta find something else to do at that point. I better keep myself busy, or we're going to have a conversation. Something in my brain, too, where I want to be the one who blows down, because I feel like I do it better than everyone <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I skin the cat well, better than anybody. I saw a video it's recently of Dakota <laughs> who had two backpack blowers on. Two BR 800s. One on the front, one on the back. Nice. Oh, the town. Yeah. We were doing Holy a lot clearing smokes. job, and there was just tons of shit everywhere. And, I, and we were blowing it off of a berm into the gulch. And I was just like, fuck it all. I'll get it all done right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the blower bought 5,000. Yeah, it yeah. It's actually not efficient at all <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible yeah I, you don't get the strength of both blowers in one not really oh, well man. no you do but can, can get... you handle the strength of yeah. both blowers I, I, at the same time i don't yeah. i don't think a mortal yeah. human is, is capable of it so what about uh what about uh, we talked about tarps and blowers and everything what about buckets? <laughs> exciting stuff yeah <laughs> what, what, what about, about buckets what kind of buckets are people using brutes brutes brutes, yeah. brutes are good i've Brute. got I've got the. You're using brute, Dan. Yeah, we use brute. Really? You know? Yep. Okay, oh man, this I, the blue I've got, ones or the green, the green ones. ones. Share. I really, you know, I thought about this a little while before I brought it up because it is kind of an industry secret, and <laughs> and I don't want to be, you know, uh, uh, blow it up, Rob. Blow it up. Okay, this this might change the industry, but uh, there's there's a green bucket that's probably about. Eight inches wider in diameter, maybe eight or ten inches wider in diameter than the brute. Yep. And about the same height. And it's made out of fiberglass, so it's lighter than the rubber. And it wow. so it's a bigger bucket that's lighter than the brute. And it's more durable. You wow. can you can damn near carry firewood rounds in them. Yeah. No factor. And they're really light. They have a steel, they have a reinforced steel uh brim with a handle that's on that steel part, so it's super strong. And you can get them at Home Depot. Okay, wow. so we yeah. originally got them. We used. Yeah, you can at Home Depot. 
Home Depot. Home you, Depot. We, I bought them at Home Depot in Corvallis. So now I, you got to get them. You got to go online to get them at Home Depot. A lot of times they don't have them in store. You got to order them from somewhere else. Mm. But they ah. are they are as good as you say. I've I've actually filled them like half to three quarters of the way up on like a lawn where there's nowhere to chunk it down, and I chunked it down. It had brush in most of it, and then I chunked the rounds down into the bucket. <laughs> And that way it didn't, it didn't hurt the lawn. Nice. Now, you you can only do that so many times before you blow the bottom out of one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. They're tough, man. We've only, oh, I know. Years. They, the only bottoms that we've, that we've torn out have taken years and years and years it's to blow true. out. Well, and I always chunk down into ones that were getting ready to go because I was worried I was going to blow it out, and it's like I might as well use the one that's getting ready to go. It's a game but, changer, yeah. man. That's one of the biggest ground game changers that that what, we what, experienced. What's the name? What's the name of it? Name brand? Uh, the Big Green Bucket. Big uh, green look bucket. it up on yeah. <laughs> look up Big Green Bucket at Home Depot. Big, big Green Bucket. Specifically on Home yeah. Depot. Yeah. Don't just, yeah, no, they're on Home Depot. Though, I guarantee. Don't, don't, it's just, like a, don't just Google. It's a different yeah. kind of fiberglass. Yeah. It's yeah. like a, it's not. It doesn't. No, that's not it. No, it's a big green bucket might steer you wrong. Yeah, uh, if you if you Google it. How, how big just, is it? Just, like, just, do you know the liters? No, I don't. No. Um, I'm guessing 45, 50. Oh, more than that, more than that. We're liter. That, that's 50 gallons. It's probably it's a it's probably oh, 50 liter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. It was gallon. Yeah. Um. Okay. While while they're looking it up, uh, what do you guys think about like big like the big yard debris bins that you get through like Santa pack or your trash company where the top folds back and it has wheels you can roll on. That's we pretty call, We call those the brush barge brush barges. Brush bar. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those things you can move some brush in those things. You can, but they're too big and heavy. They're too awkward. They, you can't put them on and off yeah, the truck all day big. long and be comfortable. Yeah. That's, that's true. Which that yeah. brings us to our, a good segue for mine. I, I don't have the space because I don't have a chipper or a large tr- uh, chip truck. I have a dump trailer and then my, my Tacoma, and I don't have, like, a lot of space for it. So I actually use the collapsible, um, like, tarp containers, and that's what I use for my cleanup. They're not... They're like final cleanup. For fi- final cleanup, yeah, yeah. I don't use it for, obviously... Yeah, those lim- brush barges, you're throwing everything yes, in there. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so... You're, you're brave to bring that. <laughs> I, 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 hey, hey, if I, had, if I had the space for a brute or a big green bucket, I would use it, because I know it's the it's the best way to go. But if you're limited, I mean, you have other options that you can use. And I, True. I, I kind of like that. And and you're happy yeah. and you're successful. And Rob's judging me a little bit over there. <laughs> so, uh, you guys ever used a jet sled? We we have jet sleds. You guys use those? No, oh, no. I'd never thought about yeah. those. A jet sled? Yeah, a little jet sled. Yeah, jet. It's called a jet sled. Oh, jet sled. And uh, jet sled. Yeah, I think we get them in West. Or maybe we get them from Cheryl, but I think we get them from Westford. I'm not sure. But uh, they're just like, they look like a sled you go down the uh, snow hill with. They got a rope in the front, and you just, it's plastic, you know, maybe wow. 10 inches tall, maybe five feet long, you know, a couple feet wide. And it's just a big plastic sled. They work great because they have a rope, so you can fill them with stuff, and then you just pull it along. It slides along the ground. Well, I've thought about I've I haven't done this, but I've I've dreamed about building something like that. But I figured it'd be more like four feet wide, 
and and be more designed to put the butts of limbs on and then winch the whole sled to the chipper. Nice. So yeah, you could yeah. put like a bunch of big tops and just like bungee or rope down the the stick onto it so it wouldn't tear up the lawn when you winch it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really nice. And you could ride it to yeah. the chipper. You could. Yeah. <laughs> well, final cleanup's done, and I don't want to walk back there. So that that's called riding the fine line between. Well, that's riding the fine line per, between having fun and production right there when you're actually riding the pile of brush to the chipper. Yeah. <laughs> he gets on and rides it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I've worked with the, the tart. You know, it depends on the company. Sometimes they're just all into the tart. Everyone's got the tart. But we used to... Uh, at Seattle Street Preservation, it was tarps, and we'd have one person dragging the tarp and have two, maybe three people, but at least two, raking into the tarp. So one person's just moving the tarp, kind of walking backwards, and other people are just raking in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. It, it could be pretty efficient. Oh, that that's yeah. called cooking with gas right there. Yeah, I'm tarp gang all the way. <laughs> tarp game. Yeah, so tarp, tarps are good. And there's talk about technique. There is technique in tying the tarp and hauling the tarp. If you've got the technique, you can throw a full tarp of brush into the back of a truck, kind of like over your head. You know? Right? <laughs> you know? Like the, yeah. yeah, the Olympian spin kind of Exactly. Thing. Yeah. You use the momentum of it, and you come up and over. Yeah. That you reminds know? me of Boom, and You hold one corner, and it all releases, and you... You pull the tarp out from your one oh. corner that you have. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell like, yeah. It's like the, the Dan Krause throwball technique. Yeah. <laughs> but with the tarp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, Who knew tarps and trash cans would be fun to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. <laughs> yeah, I'm that simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, I don't know, Dan. Do you got anything else uh, with the uh, groundwork, ground game, tarps, rakes, cleanup, anything that you can think of uh, to enlighten us? Mm, I mean, just you know, you know, you got a guy. It's just dependable, and you know, like we like we said, just has kind of switched off. You just kind of need to. Even though sometimes the work is grueling and tedious or whatnot, you just kind of stay switched on and realize that, you know, there's, there's stuff going on and what you, should you be doing? You know, okay, you know, think about, oh, I'm standing here, but what should I be doing? Or what could I be doing? Just thinking ahead. You know, yeah. the best ground guy is the guy who thinks a couple steps ahead of the climb. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. that that's big time. That. That's when you take your ground game to the next level, when you're thinking ahead of the climber. So so it looks like Dakota found the uh, the big green trash can After on a strenuous the Home search. Depot site. It, it, yeah, it wasn't easy, but... He's, he's, this whole time, he's kind of been in the corner sweating, <laughs> working that phone. How many Two viruses computers? are on that phone now? <laughs> yeah. Home Depot is filled he, with them. He found it on uh, homedepot.ru. <laughs> so here we go. We are looking at a 60-gallon green round carry barrel trash can. That's what it's called. Is it green round carry barrel trash can. You get a five-pack... 
for two hundred and sixty nine dollars. Nice. And that's five gallons more wow. than the brute. So, that but is. it's the dimensions wow. that make it work. It's wider and a little shorter. Yeah. There's not even a like, there's not even a brand name. It's just six sixty gallon yeah. green round barrel <laughs> trash can. <laughs> just yeah. just get it. your sixty gallons. It's get a out game of changer. <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. Cool. Well, good. I good often talking thought. With you. Oh. Okay. Good talk. No, no, oh, no, no, no. What you got? What you got? Well, you know what I mean. You know how you dump the trash can into the you you dump it over the tailgate there. I mean, if the handle, if they had one handle that was like halfway down. And you oh, can stick that man. handle on the head oh, and then tilt it up. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go back to my uh, my tarp thing that I bought for cheap on Amazon or eBay or wherever I found it. They uh-huh. have handles all the way down. So there's a handle on the bottom, there's a handle in the midsection, and there's a handle all on the right. top. So yeah, yeah. I, I got to try it. I just got to try it. Yeah. I got to put my ego to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah, that's well, a, fantastic, guys. Yeah. Great talking to you guys. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Dan. Thanks for coming on again. All right. Yeah. Um, but before you get going, I just uh, wanted to check in real quick. Uh, I don't know what you're doing, but on uh, the weekend of July 24th, we're heading out to Yahats. We're going to be climbing a big, uh, big spruce trees. That one of them has a giant platform overlooking the ocean. There's an outdoor kitchen on site. It's in Yahats, Oregon. If you are free that weekend, we're going to be camping up there and hanging out, and you and your family are welcome. I, I will. Oh I would like to God. say this. I will personally uh, uh, do anything I can to help make sure that you can make it happen, Dan. So if there's <laughs> nice. anything that I can do to help make sure it happens, July you just tell me. 24th. July, the yeah. weekend okay. of July 24th. I'll probably, I'm taking that Friday off, so I'll probably be heading out there Friday. Um, and we'll okay. be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, right on the coast. It's beautiful. It's within walking uh, distance of Yahats Brewery. Oh. It, yeah, it, it's, oh, a, okay. it's a pretty prime spot. As soon as I hang up this phone, I'm going to go talk to my wife, and I'm going to see what I can do. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Nice. And yeah. I'll be there with my wife and my kids, and so it's, it's a family-friendly thing. And we're, gonna, we're actually going to try to do a podcast on the platform 70 feet up in the tree, if, if we can kind of figure out the logistics, so... So, okay. So if you can make it, Dan, I, I will have a green bucket waiting for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. At the top of the tree. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Hey, have a great night. Right on. You too, hey, man. Dan. We'll talk to you later. See Take care. See ya. Bye. Um, it's been a while since we've talked to It's Dan. been yeah. too long. You know... <laughs> Dan's always come on whenever we've had these kind of topical episodes where we're talking about a thing and he just always brings so much knowledge, but we kind of got on a kick of random episodes and interviews. Yeah. And, and so, the, and man, we, it is so nice having him back on. We need to have him on in some of the random episodes and we, some of the other ones. We do. Just, yeah, just see yeah. Where, what tangents we go on. What yeah. a humble guy. Being the champion of the world, you know, what a humble guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> champion of the world talking about buckets and rakes. Yeah. Yeah, he... <laughs> Probably be a ground guy champion of the world also if that yeah. was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stuff uh, talked about. I think one thing was uh, the the mindset of being a, a ground person and then moving into the tree and how you might work the tree a little differently because you know it really sucks when it's just like a salad and it's just you on the ground. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. no. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's terrible. True. 
That so is, I know that's wisdom right there. Of I try not, not swamping the ground. Yeah, guy. I try not to swamp people. It's just or throwing the throwing the ends in the same direction. Yeah, if you all get all the, the butts things. facing yeah. the chipper, yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things where you know the climber is on another level. Yeah. If the brush, if they're stacking the brush from the tree. And they're just stopping and waving you under. They're not just, you know, cutting until they have to move. They're cutting until it makes sense for what, however much help they have on the ground to move that brush. You know, it's uh, that, and it makes the job get done so much faster. You know, that's someone that's kind of putting their ego in check. They're not trying to show everybody how fast they can go or how much they can get down. They're just, they're just looking at the job as an overall team accomplishing a goal. Keeps that morale like level two because you know if you're the only ground guy and you see just a effed up mess of <laughs> brush all sideways oh with yeah rounds on top quit. of it yeah, yeah. you yeah. want to yeah. quit that second yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. i'm walking home sorry yeah. and you don't have one of those big green buckets yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly how am i supposed to do this without a big green bucket <laughs> that that handle midway down a trash can. Oh, man. Holy smokes. Game changer. Yeah, because I feel like. All right. So look at the bucket I have there. I didn't bring that up before, but I think there's kind of a halfway down handle on it. Oh, there's, it's, it's a little bigger trash, than. It's what the trash truck hooks into to dump it. But that's not one of those big buckets. It So the plastic isn't as hardcore as like a brute, you know, but it has wheels on it and it, it has a handle so you can, you know, roll it on the wheels easy. But when you go to throw it in, there's a little le- a little spot you can kind of grab midway down to, uh, well, it might be a little more than midway, but down so you can, you can kind of reach down and grab it and right. toss yeah. it in. It, so I, I can't like, remember what that thing's called, but it, that's a that's a good one. I know I've dumped a bucket before and been like, oh, yeah, I should probably go see my chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a weird motion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, another piece of advice is ask for help when there's a really heavy bucket yeah. and you have to throw it in the truck. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And if someone asks for help, don't look at him funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially when it's the middle of winter and all those leaves you just put in there are soaking wet. Yeah. yeah. I'm so a, heavy. I'm a big fan of packing the bucket as much as I possibly can and asking for the mini skid to pick it up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. If you got a mini skid, that's a game changer on the oh, ground. Yeah. When I see the mini skid pull up, my back feels so much better <laughs> right away. Just instantly relaxes, you know? Yeah. I think August Honeke said it. He's like, you could either pay your equipment dealer or your, your doctor. Yeah. Your equipment dealer is probably cheaper. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Long run for sure. Yeah. In this yeah. country, yeah, 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 yeah right. exactly. Country, sure. yeah, yeah, we don't have none of that socialized medicine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know about How you. About break and yep. uh, refresh the beers, and then we'll get back to it. Yeah, we yep. got a, yeah. a word from our sponsors. There we right. go. Yep. <laughs> might, might Jake the Rick coming up. All right, we're back. Yeah, we lost a few along the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys should hear what happened to Rob and Corey, but. We can't tell you, so they're gone. They're gone. Ho- hopefully, they'll make it back next time. But they were pretty heated when they <laughs> left. <laughs> Something about buckets, uh, uh, breaking towards the chipper, creating piles. Yeah. <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah, yeah I hope Corey's all right. <laughs> Rob's a big guy. Hopefully, yeah, he, yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> hopefully yeah. he doesn't end up in a big green bucket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, that's just how life yeah. works sometimes. Well, you know who's trying to hit us up right now is uh, Jake the Rake, and uh, we're talking about ground operations. I don't think there's a better ground 
ground person Gr- out there. Contractor. Yeah. Ground contractor. Contract rate technician. Yep. Or yep. specialist. I'm not sure what he prefers. I don't know. That it seems to just barely touch the surface yeah. of what that guy does. I yeah. mean, he he will he will set the standard on the ground. He will he will create a culture within your company. He will even hit you with some fresh ass flows. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You wanna call him? Uh yeah. Here, let's see. See what uh Jake the Rake's up to. Can I get a beer? Yeah. Beer me. Rendezvous. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? It's the Tree Thinking Podcast. Whoa, have you guys called me back? Well, <laughs> hell yeah, we called. Well, let me tell you, today we are talking about groundwork, and there is no fucking way we're doing a job uh, <laughs> podcast on groundwork without talking to the man, the myth, the legend, Jake the motherfucking Rake. <laughs> oh, stop! Oh my god. Groundwork's the best, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. It it that's one of the things we've been talking about. It it is the most important part of the job. I mean, from what my little taste of working with with some of you beans that are in that pod, it it just seems like it, you could really tell who the team players are when they pick up that rake and just start going to town after they get out of the tree. Like, oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. These, Yep. Guys and gals are just total team players. No ego. Yep the uh, the tree Madonnas, <laughs> the the Trevas. <laughs> yeah, they they think they're all that with their death defying stunts of climbing, but you know it's one of those things where what does the client know? The client knows how good it looks at the end, right? So, oh yeah. So so. Come on, hit us with some wisdom. What does it mean to be a legendary groundy? Oh, well, first, stop it. But (laughs) um, that's an interesting point that what really counts at the end, and I kind of feel like a little bit um, sometimes that I'm swooping in at the end to steal all the glory, you know, to just come in with the rake and just go to town and be like, oh, yeah, now we're all done, like, coming at the end. (laughs) You know, they say timing is everything. Uh huh. You're the closer. (laughs) (laughs) you know back in back in my early days they called me the wild thing i wasn't real accurate with my life you know i was harness, harness mitch williams a lot i don't know it's kind of an obscure 90s mlb reference but i'm yeah, picking up what thing. you're putting down all right yeah I've, I've honed it in a little more you know um, it's all about accuracy the more accurate you are the less hard you have to work you know in muscle memory so just, just stay at it, kids, I guess is my advice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of how it goes. Everybody starts off just like freaking chomping at the bit, trying to go full bore. But that's that's how you shift gears to a long career to becoming a legend is by sticking with it and learning how to slow the game down. <laughs> and next thing you know, you are a closer. Yeah, the headliner. Exactly. Yeah, the closer. <laughs> Well, if anybody understands the game in its entirety, it's uh, you, you. You guys are like tree beans in a pod. And you have tree <laughs> beans. How many of you are there tonight? 
There's well, three of us now. There was five. But, uh, down to three Cor- tree beans. Yeah, yeah Corey and Rob. Before, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Corey and Rob started fighting over which uh, barrel or bucket is the best for cleanup. Oh, brute, it, no doubt. It was see, okay, yeah. Uh, Rob, Rob's got a little industry secret. Uh, yeah. You know, there's apparently a better bucket. And then Corey was using some little collapsible tarp thing that he found <laughs> yeah. on Amazon or something. Yeah. It's kind of a joke. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So let let's just say you know we're a, we're a bean pod, but there's some black eyed trees, <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> and uh, the black eyed trees had to get out of here. <laughs> wow, ruthless. So yeah. Jake, I got a text from your mom's phone number, but it sounded it seemed like it was you texting me. Oh. You said you had yeah, yeah, yeah. you had a she question. Borrow her phone. Yeah, she let me borrow her phone for a bit. We're nice. like out camping right now. Okay. Um, we went for, over the mountains to Bend, um, so we're camping like next to the river to try to stay cool. Nice. Um, but she's like, our plumber is with us for some reason. <laughs> um, but he's like, they're like they're fixing some leaky pipe or there's something about pipes going on in the RV. <laughs> <laughs> like if there's a sock on the RV door, like don't come in or like yeah. <laughs> Maybe they said rocking, don't don't knock in or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a big old tube sock on the door that was like the the plumber guy was wearing really short shorts, and I think it was one of his that could see his, his tube sock going all the way up to his knee. <laughs> and, and he only had one of them on. <laughs> Peeled the other one off. Well, I don't know. I didn't go in there because it was like oh, like, yeah, yeah. It seemed like they were really trying to hard at work. With pipes yeah. in there. I, I'm not sure what happened in the bathroom in there, but. They've been there for a while. So I went down to the river with my dog, B-Rake. Uh, so I'm just kicking it by the river and getting my tootsies foot. Nice. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so thanks for, for getting back to me. This thing, when we were driving over the pass um, after Oak Ridge, you know where that town is? It's like uh-huh. before you get to Willamette Pass. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, beautiful spot. There's all these, like, after the town, um, there's, like, all these, the uh, big leaf maples alongside the highway and they were like and some of the ferns too they look kind of crispy and they're always like super dark green but today just now going through there they were like brown do you guys know why that would be or what's the deal with that it happened like we were just up there last weekend too and the electrician came with us for some reason last weekend but this weekend they're brown and they were dark green last week. What's up with that? Uh, I think it's improper forest raking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we had those record hot temperatures. Yeah. Which can do a little a little damage to the, the foliage. It didn't seem like they were where they were like in the forest much, but it was like just the ones that were right next to the road. Yeah. So maybe the heat reflecting off Definitely. the the road and just cooking those leaves. I'd imagine. I'd imagine a guy like you who's just a ra- a leaf raking extraordinaire would look at those big leaf maples the way maybe some of the tree climbers look at sequoias or or redwoods as just like the ultimate leaves to rake. Oh, well, you know it. Yeah, I mean, dinner plate yeah, sized leaves. Yeah, Acer macrophyllum leaves are my favorite. They just, I mean, they're just the best. My all time favorite tree. So it was kind of disheartening to see. Them all like shriveled up. It, 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 it didn't look good. I don't know much about the, the trees, but it just didn't give me a good feeling driving through there. It's like a whole like five mile long corridor. 
Do you yes. think it was a hot day? Just like one hot day would do it, you think? That's my guess. I mean, well, Andrew, I, do you have experience with that? I My guess would be it's not one hot day as much as it's a drought that's been going on for, you know, 15, 20 years or however long this drought's been hitting uh, the Pacific Northwest and and getting worse and worse. And then you, you know, kind of get these trees that are having a harder time and a harder time, and then all of a sudden they got hit. I don't know what the temperature up there was, but uh, – not long Oak Creek ago, was really hot. it was like 111 in Oak Creek. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It was that's... it was 100 and well, I heard about 116 in Eugene. So yeah. I'd imagine you get that reflecting off of a hot road. You know, the road absorbing it and then radiating that heat all night uh, would just add extra stress to some trees that were already stressed. And then if there's something. You know, if there's some uh, disease or uh, pest that's already messing with those trees, they're going to get those hormones that are, you know, saying that the tree's stressed. And so it's just going to compound on top of itself until until you got uh, brown leaves. Oh, wow. So you think it's like a compounding thing that's happened over time and then it might have been the tipping point? You know, I hope they don't die. Yeah, uh, me too, you know. uh Unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of that around here with the the Doug firs kind of in the valley and uh, really a lot of trees that are stressed. You know, working working for urban forestry, we've noticed a lot of the big maples have been dying back. And I think it's all that same thing. You know, the, the trees we work on are kind of lining the street, so they're getting that reflective heat. They're dealing with those drought. And, you know, so that's something that we're dealing with quite a bit. And I'm sure up and down the northwest, you know, <laughs> around the world, whether it's big leaf maple or whatever trees in your neck of the woods, if you're dealing with these droughts, uh, uh, you're dealing with it some. So, yeah. you know, oh, wow. really nice. yeah. that's interesting. We're talking about the intensity of the, of the sun being a little more than it's supposed to be. Um, I wonder if the elevation has something where the, the sun is a little more intense or like the UV index is a little higher or something like that. But definitely it makes sense reflecting off the, off the street, like the macadam and bouncing up. And cause it just seemed like on the edge of the road, like the inside of them were, were fine. Though, facing the park. Yeah. Oh, wow. cool. All right. Well, that's kind of clearing my question up a little bit. And I think you said about hormones. Paul was talking about something about hormones earlier on the way up. They were raging or something. <laughs> talking about the trees or not, but uh, also, what else? What else he said? He he said, oh, climate change is like, you know, maybe these record temps are just part of the natural cycle, and there is, you know, climate change is just a hoax that's perpetuated by greedy scientists. Is that what do you think of that? I think if you're buying, yeah, if you're buying that line still, then. Uh... You might be being funded by an oil company. <laughs> you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think the evidence is uh, pretty evident <laughs> right about now. But you think the plumber's got some oil on me? Yeah, maybe. May, I wonder what kind of pipes he's working on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He was mentioning lubrication, but yeah, y- hey, you know. Very important in certain situations. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that, that clears a lot up for me. Um, would, you can, I guess I'll catch up on it when I get, and Jamie gets me to escape. But uh, I hope you guys had a good show so far. I didn't really catch it. I've been like in 
and like traveling about and getting settled at camp and stuff. Uh, it's just like well, be rare. But did you guys have a good show so far? Oh Something yeah, it, it's been great. We had uh, another legend on the show, Dan Kraus, and he. Uh, we pretty much went through groundwork from when you're hired on all the way through to being an experienced climber and what it means to do groundwork at all those levels. And I thought there was some, uh, some wisdom, uh, dropped on us. It was, it's been, it's been awesome. I'm, I'm kind of curious for you, what, you know, from, from a contract rakers perspective, what are the most important things, uh, for a groundie to be able to do? Well, I think longevity is huge. Sometimes those days can get really long, especially when you're sweeping in at the end there. Since these days you're getting hotter and it's like more hot towards like four and five o'clock. So hydration is huge. Take care of your body. Do all your wrist stretches. Um, you know, overuse injuries or can be a career breaker. Um, don't be scared of some ice, some ice baths. Just, you know, go to the sev, get a couple buckets, and just dump them in the tub and just sit in there after a long day of raking. I couldn't recommend that more. Um, but like, you know, I don't know. I was, one of my um, one of my mentors, Doug Hornaday, um, he said that it's tough to teach people things once you're at this really advanced level because you just don't think about it anymore and you just do it. Yeah. So to like. I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of like, let's just hang out and, and uh, do some raking together and, and we'll learn stuff from each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing uh, leading by example. Oh, wow. You're like a, That's a good point, Google though. You might not, and... like, vocalize or realize you're doing something a certain way because you've been doing it for so long. So maybe, like, really slowing down and picking apart, like, what you're doing so you can train it better. Yeah. I, you know, what I would think with that is that training someone and teaching a skill is a skill in and of itself. Yeah. Right. Oh, like that, that is true. Yeah. And so if you, if you don't do that, if you don't have a mentor or if you're not sharing your knowledge with somebody, you're going to, you're going to forget how to share that knowledge. You know, you, you totally. still have all that knowledge, but you know, being able to, you gotta under you kind of have to understand the rhythm of the person you're working with and know when they're open to learning and knowing being able to work with them long enough to figure out how they like to learn and so there's so much that goes into it that really takes a lot of pay, paying attention if you're if you're training someone that that's your job for the day you know now you're you got to get this other work done because that's what keeps the business going but if your goal uh -huh. is to to fully train someone that is a job in and of itself. And you got to learn those skills and you got to practice those skills. And you, the same way we were talking earlier about how, you know, when you first get on a crew, you got to go home and learn how to tie those knots. You know, training's the same way. You got to be able to go home and think about the person that you're working with and figure out what they respond to, what they don't respond to, how you can keep them in a mind state. You know, even if it's, we were talking earlier about having a conversation, how the conversation kind of sets the tone for the job. So you got to learn how to set a tone that is, that helps open someone's mind to learning. Yeah. You, you know, should, you should also probably like evaluate what you know. Yes. And like write it down and like categorize it and figure out like, Oh, I, 
absentmindedly do this thing. Oh, mm-hmm. there's another thing I can teach this guy. Yeah. And did I learn that thing 10 years ago? And is there a better thing out there now? Yeah. You know, one of the, when you're, when you're teaching, that should be when you almost learn the most, Yeah. you know, because you're really, uh, analyzing in yourself and what am I teaching? And is this working as much as you are trying to figure out what does this person need to learn? And then when they get to a point where they know a lot, you have to figure out, okay, where's the weakness in their game? And like, you know, cause if they're really good at something and you're just pounding that into them, but they need to learn something else and they're not getting it, then you're not helping them by teaching them what they already know. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into being a mentor and being an educator. Oh, wow. You just blew my mind. So like teaching is a muscle and you got to exercise. kind of. That's the truth. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I heard another, uh, creepy talk in there. Who's that dude? Oh, this is Dakota. Dakota, Dakota what's up? Good. What's up? Good to hear from you. Yeah, you too, man. <laughs> uh, I guess. Um, well, I forgot where I was going with that. I guess got so enthralled with the with the um, importance of teaching and listening. I guess you know I'm a little socially awkward. I've heard my mom say, um, so it's tough for me to vocalize things and get them out of my brain into other people's brain like into my out of my mouth and into their brain um so this is a super helpful for me because it's so easy to just get caught up in your own thing and, and zoning out and that's kind of then at the same time um you know it's, it's really important you can't you can't learn everything by yourself and sometimes it, it eliminates a lot of the hard the hard ways to learn if you can just open your mind up and listen to somebody and um, have an objective conversation about it yeah, cool, man. man. I I understand. That's probably why we get along so well, man. It's socially awkward getting together and just being awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone, if I feel good about getting weird with anybody, it's you tree thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Party on, Jake. <laughs> right on. Well. It sounds like you are in a beautiful part of the world. So I'll ask you, uh, do you have anything else that you want to share with us about groundwork before we let you go and let you get back to uh, enjoying uh, beautiful Eastern Oregon? Um, that's kind of a question or something in the future. Um, when you guys, because you guys have Dan Krause on a lot, and that dude's freaking cool of his segments and he comes on. Um, and I couldn't find his number in my mom's favorite anywhere. Um, but so I got to ask myself, but do you know what his record is on cat rescues? Like his, his, his since he's had over a thousand um, on his website rescues, oh. but is there any. Like a, um, like a hard number? It'd be like 999 for a thousand. You know, I think with that guy, they stopped counting. You know, it, it's just, it's such a high number. And they they were coming in so fast that it was almost immeasurable the amount of uh, cat lives he saved. <laughs> but I I mean, does he ever have a jumper? We'll have to ask him. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah that's good. Next time. Yeah. How you present that to the client? I mean, I, I want to know. I want a little bit more from him. Like maybe a segment kind of into that a little. Yeah. Just suggest. Obviously, you guys know how to grow your bean pods on your pole and stuff. So oh, that's that's a great suggestion. 
Yeah, we may, maybe we'll have to do a whole episode on cat rescue. Nice. Yeah. Ooh. We because there's oh, dude, there's a bee bird growing up the creek right now. Whoa! <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, I'll send you guys a picture. Let me get off the phone. I'll, t- I'll snap it real quick. Sweet. All right. <laughs> All right. You tell y'all. All right. Talk later. to you. All right. Later. We'll talk to you later, man. <laughs> man. I, Always I can good. only imagine what he's doing right now, trying to chase down a beaver to get a picture for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's swimming in the river with his phone held up. <laughs> and a rake on his back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's using the rake as an oar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I hope his trailer gets fixed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time. So we talked about like the progression of uh you know doing groundwork yeah but we're gonna talk a little bit about more about running ropes like once you get to that point yeah and uh yeah you were saying that you had a uh a good story from the field that was kind of involved some good roping and that is kind of what we haven't touched on yet is there's a huge part of groundwork that is just running the ropes yeah, We're, we. I'd like to uh, dedicate this to Nate. Yeah, you know, and uh, hopefully oh. he's doing good, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and hopefully there's more roping for Nate. Yeah, I, I'm sure. He, I'm sure there is. We've all been, uh, you know, there where we got a little frustrated in the tree, and you know, that's just part of, uh, you know, who knows what was going on there, but low blood sugar, or just frustration <laughs> in the moment. You know, I'm sure they got Nate back on the ropes. Uh, but if anybody knows Nate, uh, have him reach out. We want to talk to Nate and, uh, and you know, see how he's doing these days. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> but until then, uh, what what's your story from the field? So it's a uh, pine removal job that Dakota and I actually worked together on. Yep. It nice. was with my buddy who I always talk about, Urban Arbor Care, Buddy Charles. It was his gig, and it was four, yeah, four pines, three pines in the front yard, Along the the street, along you know primaries, right behind it, kind of thing. Like, so we uh, had two or three feet away from. It. Yeah, so we had the primaries killed for it, but it's one of those situations where you have to fully be in control of what's going on. Yeah, oh yeah. That that's uh that you know even with the primaries killed, anytime you're working around electricity, one of the first things they teach you in any training is treat it like it's live, even if it's dead. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. Know? Yep. Well, there's still massive consequences if you tear those lines down even if they're not hot you know yeah it's uh, Just the financial exactly. repercussions yeah 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 it may not physically harm you but you know <laughs> it's gonna hurt your bank <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it was a pretty technical job you know really no drop zone not really um a big con uh asphalt, asphalt pad right next to it probably yeah. you know 10 feet of actual dirt yeah house and a garage um, Yep. And a hedge and, and a power fence. lines and a fence. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it was a pretty tight spot. I saw some pictures. I think you, either you or Charles posted. Yeah. I, or maybe both of you. But yeah. uh, it was a tight spot. And was it three big trees right there? Yep. yep. Three big ones. And what we did was Charles and I started climbing two of them. He climbed kind of the one in the center that moved. It was a little farther away from the, the power lines, right? So he had come up with the plan of that one will get brushed out couple chunks of wood taken off and then we're gonna set up a bomber rigging point to kind of swing the other trees over to it away from the lines yep. you know what i mean yeah yep. so we both get up there and do that 
Um, he gets that one brushed out, topped, rigging point set, and then I'm doing the wood on mine. We negative rig a couple pieces, and <laughs> I guess we'll start right here. So Jason took the rope. So Jason's a, a ground worker for Charles, the killer rope guy. And uh, it was like the second or first piece of chunk of wood that I was just straight up negative rigging. And I hear the rope just zzz, like the, it ran all the way to the ground, and I felt bad. I was like, "Oh my god, dude, are you okay?" <laughs> it's like his hands, you know, are just getting burnt up. He's like, "Oh yeah, did that feel good? I can keep doing that, you know, or whatever." Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. When yeah. you get when you get a ground guy that can just like absorb that energy throughout the distance of it dropping. That's a game changer for a climber. Let it be known, he did put on an extra pair of gloves yeah. over that pair of gloves after that. After rig. that one, <laughs> now, now that's just being smart. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but so Dakota was running the ropes too. So after I negative rigged a couple big chunks, now it was time to um, tip tie them over to the spar that Charles left with a butt tie to kind of control the swing so it doesn't just go wildly toward that stem and the house, you yeah. know. So we're just really slowing the swing. And we had a GRCS on the tip tie spar and just a porter app on the spar that I was working. And the okay. the GRCS was controlling the main of the load and the butt tie was on the porter wrap. Yep. So when he was letting it flying, that was he was using the GRCS to control the... Now, was he using... No, the not on the negative rigs. That was a porter wrap. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That so now we're switched over, tip-tying it to that other spar. Yep. Oh, okay, okay, And okay. we pre-tension it, some cranks on the, the GRCS, and uh, I just... I wanted to bring it up because you look back at that video, and you see, like, oh, this is a badass video of some badass tree work going on, but, like, the real stars of that video is the the people on the ground running the ropes. Like, those yeah. are the true badasses. All I did was make a face cut and, like, tie some shit up. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the way that stuff comes off, like, oh, it's it's magic. I'm going to post nice. them so you can see it. They, they, they crushed it, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Like, I've had shit lock up on me. I just posted a video about that. You know, I don't know if that piece really locked up or I did a bunch of shit wrong for that one, but... I've had plenty of stuff lock up on me. You know, I've had bomber rope rope uh, people like really let things run. I've I've seen felt it all, but nothing feels as good as some like I show up with Charles Urban Arbor Care. You're there, Dakota's there, um, Jason's there. I know like, oh, this is gonna be smooth. So they take pride in running the ropes. Maybe that's like the main point I'm trying to make. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, and you know, thinking about it. The guy running the rope is doing more in some ways than the climber is it's in that moment. Yeah. You know, like the climber is going up the tree and like has to set the rigging and do a bunch of stuff. But in the critical moment of it's going and the weight is landing and it's either going to lock up and shake the shit out of the climber or it's just going to be a smooth glide down. That's all the guy working the rope. Yeah. yeah. And not even so... The climber's obviously a concern. You don't want to rock them, have them come down and be all upset or whatever, yeah. or hurt their back or whatever. But also, like, the rigging. Like, you're just, it's got to be smooth or you're really, really testing the strength of your ropes and stuff, yeah. especially yeah. with the chunks we were taking. It's like, yeah. this, sh this shit's got to be smooth. Yeah, we were running uh, three-quarter inch, um, taking 
how big around was the biggest piece you think? Um, I don't even know. I know we were taking like eight foot, and then uh, man, I had like I think I had a twenty five inch bar, and at the end of it, it was getting getting pretty buried. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we were taking several wraps on the GRCS, the the Ballard, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and what were they like? Eight foot rounds. Like eight uh, foot long? Yeah, I mean, toward the top, we probably took some 12-footers. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah. you know, but, like, the ones that I saw on, on the gram, yeah. you know, where you're sending big old chunks, those were big chunks of wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yeah. you know, I'm not going to get into the whole story, listen to the old episodes, and I talk about it, but sending big pieces of wood, I've, like, that's one of my big fuck-ups in my career was when that rope broke and it hit me in the face. So there, there genuinely is shit on the line when you're when you're working with uh, uh forces that big yeah. absolutely and that's yeah. when i know working with those guys that they know how to run the ropes and you you know you can feel pretty damn confident in 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 rigging like that yeah that's a big deal yeah for a climber to be able to do your job and just it being a no factor i've had ground guys that are like that where it's it's a no factor yeah you know i'm just going to do what i'm going to do and if I'm doing something they don't feel comfortable with, we have the type of relationship where they're going to tell me. Yeah. You know, they're going to be like, yeah, maybe take it a little smaller. Yeah. You know, or, uh, you know, and so having that relationship goes so far. It's interesting as a contract climber, like showing up with a new company you haven't ever worked with before. And like, yeah, <laughs> it's time to test the water. See how you, you know, yeah, that how, how they run the ropes. Always, obviously not starting high consequence <laughs> no totally yeah well let's put it me you know if i just was working with dakota there would be a little weirdness and not not okay. weird like i don't trust him but just i've never worked with this guy i've heard nothing but great things so i'd be like all right let's do it you know but there'd be that thing like i've never worked with this guy yeah so but we would i guarantee if we were on a job we'd get down oh yeah you know that being said if i'm going on to a whole new crew where i've never met anybody and you're just like well yeah here we go. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I, I do a lot in rigging, you know, probably like pruning rigging is like mid tying a branch, like balance tying it almost and swinging it over to your rigging point. Yeah. But it kind of, it needs to drop or it's going to swing back to the house or something. Yeah. yeah. But I'll do that when I'm dialed in with that ground person. Yeah. So like, like that Oak you and me did. Yeah, totally. When we were like sending like these big, probably 30 foot, Branches, branches over my truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember you being like, all right, if this doesn't work, dude, you're going to smash your truck. And I was like, we're good. Yeah, yeah. But it's because we worked, you know, for a while together. And, you yeah. know, I know exactly your skill level and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had that, that connection. Yeah. Yeah, so it swings over and has to run to the ground, you know. Yeah. That could you, go totally wrong. Yeah, you know swings the guy's over, not going to just up, drop it. Back. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah <laughs> running ropes is huge and takes lots of experience like negative rigging a piece you're on the ground running the ropes like it's almost instinctual to like tighten up and grab that thing when you're seeing it like come over and at yeah toward the ground really fast yeah when you see a thousand pounds just like start to free fall you're like oh fuck yeah (laughs) yeah. i'm in control of this yeah (laughs) it's uh yeah, you have to train your mind to be like, okay, I'm going to let this machine, like the Porter app or whatever, yep. catch this thing. Not not me. Yeah. I'm just there, I'm to, just there to, to be in control. A little bit. Yeah. But you are. 
because you are the one applying the friction. Yeah. Now, yeah, and you are the one setting the Porter app. Yep. So you're deciding how much of friction is the Porter app going to take, and how much is my are my gloves going to take? Yep. You know, so that uh, it doesn't feel like much because you guys have done it a lot. But if you just put like a random person in there, yeah, that's a whole different situation. That's a good thing too to bring up is I'm as a as the climber or even as I'm on the ground, I'm always checking in with the you know check in with each other and real really dial in the friction that's needed. You know, yeah, like after every piece, like how'd that yeah. feel? Yeah, I mean, more or less. even I've I've probably got six years of ground experience now, yeah. and I'd still ask. Almost, you know, after the first couple of rigs, I'm like, how did that feel for you? Yeah. Yep. Was that right for you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I would ask want the me same. to take half off yeah. or whatever. And, uh, you know, just dial it in after the first couple pieces and then you kind of figure it out. And, and that's so key. It goes back to kind of the ego. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about earlier, in many ways to skin a cat, people like to be right. And once you get over that and it becomes instead of I'm trying to oppose what I want done. Instead, we're working together to accomplish a goal. Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of like how often do you, are you a climber and you're, you know, you ask the ground guy, you know, is there anything else? You know, some people get weird about that. Like they don't want the ground guy telling them what to do. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but that ground guy has got the perspective that's going to be seen by the client when you're gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, like you need them if you're going to do the best job possible. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the same thing with the lower down. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's definitely been times where my ego has taken over and been like, oh, yeah, I can take that big top with a half a wrap. Oh, yeah, I got it. And I leave my palms up in the tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's know. interesting. I've worked with people running uh, people running ropes who are more wanting to use their strength rather than the, the porter wrap yeah. or, you know, vice versa. Yeah. I'm more of I'm gonna let the porter app do the thing. Like the rope is just loose in my hands, you know. Yeah. yeah. But there's people who wanna like use their you know I yeah. think there's a time and a it's place a little, for that. Yeah. Maybe they're just really afraid of rocking the climber or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's about putting in the time to understand what you can do. Yeah. You know, if that's who you are, if that's your strengths, if you're a strong dude, you got great gloves. And you you understand what's coming, yeah. you know, and you're like, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna take the most of this, but I'm gonna be able to be a hundred percent in control, in control of how much weight I'm putting on that that stem. Yeah, that could work. I mean, I kind of like, I think, you know, kind of the work smart, not hard. Let the porter wrap take as much of the wrap, but that also comes with an experience of understanding the friction, the friction, and how much yeah. weight's up there. And that goes back to when you're a climber, you kind of understand how much weight's up in the tree that's going to be coming down and how many wraps it's going to take and all that stuff. But yeah. Yeah. When, when we're doing those big rigs, uh, sometimes Charles likes to use the, uh, timber weight calculator. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it's, you know, almost two hours and we're just talking about the timber weight calculator, you know? Yeah. He he brought uh, that up while we were in the trees. Yeah. We like, you know, you figure out, I mean, a porter wrap, one wrap is 300 pounds. That's right? what they say. Yeah. That's what they say. It's going to depend on the rope and the friction yeah. in the tree, you know, yeah. diameter of rope, friction in the tree, size of the porter wrap, even like yeah. all that stuff. But, um, yeah. rule but of thumb. you know, you can kind of roughly figure out what you're dealing with and, uh, you know, take the wraps <laughs> as you see fit. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you're taking a big piece and somebody says, Oh, this is 
1,200 pounds. And you're like, okay, yep. <laughs> Fill the porter half. Yeah, <laughs> that's a huge pro tip. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. And that that goes into cranes. And I'm not going to get too far into yeah. cranes because I want to do a whole crane episode. Yeah. I got some people I need to reach out to that are just freaking crane masters that I want to have on. Sweet. Um, But... You know, that that kind of wood calculator, the wood weight calculator, uh, whether, you know, there's apps you can use, you can get online and just print out sheets, but that is essential information to, to maximizing a rigging situation. Yeah, and with that, it's a lot more accurate because you're not working with dynamic forces that much. Yeah. Like with shock load. I mean, you know, you figure out how heavy something is when you're rigging it down. And you're like, oh, wait, but then the shock load is going to be three times that or whatever at one point. Yep. And, uh, yeah, with cranes, I, I've I've never taken a pick, so I can't really say much. But <laughs> No, but you're right there. Yeah. If you do it right. Actually, you can shock load a crane, and yeah. that's one of the yeah. big dangers of crane work um, is you can – you're with crane work, you can be working with such large amounts of weight – that if you don't take care of it right, yeah, you know it's like anything. the The more force you're dealing with, the higher the consequences. For sure, you know, uh, you pull over a crane. Well, one, oh. it's that piece of equipment, and two, it's whatever's within the range of that piece of equipment. All you gotta do is look up crane fail videos, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yep. But that's for another episode. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the big point I was trying to make, kind of to wrap that up, is a. Uh, a relationship with the person running your ropes like no one it's it's such a good feeling when you're just on that level together like yeah the dude mark i work with on a regular basis when i'm doing that uh balance tie swing over away from the target kind of thing i don't even have to say anything to him like it's just there he knows what i'm doing yeah swings over lets it run to the ground it's the coolest feeling oh man yeah that's uh that is a big deal yeah. that relationship and there's only one way to get it and that's time and practice yeah you know what i mean that's like putting in reps it, anything it's just putting in reps you know yeah. um i'm wondering if you guys have anything else i'm i'm kind of running out of stuff on my list yeah no i'm good to wrap it up yep all right sounds good well uh let's do final thoughts uh dakota what do you got um not too much i mean be a good ground guy. Um, hot hands usually means a happy climber. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, don't take more than you can handle. And, uh, you know, rake towards the zipper, right? There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I'll say if you get in, if you get into tree work and you realize, oh, this is sweet. I want to, you know, get in the tree and climb. Like, this is what I want to do. Then, Exactly what I've been saying the whole time. Good attitude. Stay busy on the ground. Show interest. Take that stuff home. Learn those knots. There's like three knots you can learn that you could do a ton with. Like a bowline, a butterfly, and a slip knot. Yeah. You'll get so far <laughs> with those three knots. You can learn in one night, you know. Go home, learn three knots, show up the next day, show everyone. They're gonna be stoked and know that you've taken the initiative. You wanna go the next step. Um yeah couple tips for uh, a newbie and, and i mean also like try to be patient and let it marinate yeah like let let your brain work through it all yeah because i mean for me i didn't start climbing until five years into my career 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a big gap. Personally, only because, like, the people I worked with for the first three years were super old school. Like, top line hitch, closed system. And you, you <laughs> didn't climb for five years in those days. Yeah. 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 And uh, just recently, I wanted to learn super modern. And uh, I'm actually really glad that I learned all the old school techniques. Oh, yeah. And all the new school stuff. Yeah. And no. uh, that I'm glad set you I let up it good. marinate for, like, five years. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're such a badass groundy. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's why you know how to have the touch on the lower downs and do all that stuff. And that's why I know if you and me work together, even though we've never worked together, it we just hit the ground running. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's having that experience. Yep. And kind of uh, what you were saying really kind of reminds me of the fact that leadership doesn't have to be the boss. Yeah. You can be the new guy. And if you're going home and you're learning those knots and you're making that happen, uh, that's leading from the bottom. And when you're leading as the new guy, you know, when you're the lowest person on the packing order and you're, you're, you got that leadership, that might be the strongest kind of leadership. Cause that's undeniable. You're going to yep. force everybody to up their game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my, my final thought is but just on what you yeah, said yeah, there, yeah. you could, you could go home and learn a Zeppelin bend and go and show the crew. And they'd be like, whoa, that's a sweet knot. I've never seen that, you know? Yeah. And they're going to have to feel like they got to up their game. Yeah. Now, you <laughs> know? <laughs> um, my final thought is the, the groundwork might be the most important work. Kind of start it like I, or finish it like I started it. Because the client see, what they see is the cleanup. What they see looking out the window is the person on the ground. They understand the forces on the ground more than they understand the person in the tree. They've never climbed a tree. They don't know what a good pruning cut is. They probably don't understand the rigging setup you've set. But they understand someone holding a rope and the friction that creates when that big piece comes down. They understand when you do a cleanup and there's no sticks. You know, everybody's cleaned up their yard. So they understand that. So... That's what sells the job in the end to them. Um, I remember a good, great compliment I got from an older woman once when she was like, wow, I don't think I could ever wield a rake like you can. Yeah. <laughs> don't let Jake hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine if she had seen Jake. Right? Yeah. That would have blown her mind. <laughs> He's going to go find that lady. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> But no, that, you know, it, it really is true that that what the person, you know, and it's something to think about if you're the boss. You know, the guy that you just hired and you're telling them to do the cleanup is might be leaving the most important impression on your client. Mm -hmm. You know, so take the time, maybe come down and lead by example. Come down and grab that brush and push it like, like Dan was talking about. He's going to come down and he's going to start making it happen. You know, so, uh, yeah, with that, I think I'm going to say stay safe and never waste a trip. Nice. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>